And a very good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's Monday, Heels. It's the 5th of Feb, and we're here for all our great sponsors, Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line, and, of course, Burbank Homes, the building you can trust. You can bank on Burbank Homes. Lots happening over the right. weekend while I've been hiding away in Bundy. Yes. Just having a very quiet weekend up there with yes. a few friends well, you of yours. missed Friday and Saturday and back Sunday. Mm. Good work. It's been hectic. Yeah, right, yeah. We're up there with the King and uh, Peter Sterling for a yes. big fundraiser. Uh, raised plenty for the local leagues up there, Waves Footy Club. Right. A lot of money in the rooms Friday. So. Who did we talk? Oh, Les Kiss. We told Les Kiss you were at the opposition. <laughs> and he wasn't that happy. <laughs> He said, no. Well, I said, don't go in there. That was part of my opening spiel. I said, it's a one of the roof haven't caved in or, or security stopped me because I'm a brother's boy. And Bundy, I helped, you know, as kids, we were made pick up sticks so they could eventually build the clubhouse to clear the land. Yep. Uh, but no, Waves, a big crowd and good money. So it was a good fun day. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Uh, love to hear from you today. The open line is open 13 13 55. The text line. Is 0467736736. Icarus has already been sending in. Read the NRL knocking back a request for QRL origin funding. Do you fellas know the gist of the story? Not really, no. They've just said, no, it's not part of it. They get enough funding around game time in the lead-up for their camps. Um, Love to know whether the Blues... Well, the Blues have had a camp as well over the weekend. I I wouldn't say that they'd be getting any funding either uh, if they've knocked back Queensland. But I don't know the gist of it, Icarus. Uh, We can have a bit of a look into it, but... Yeah, the NRL are saying, well, hang on a minute, you know, you get plenty of funding around game time. If you want to hold one of these pre-season camps and, you know, getting to know you, et cetera, uh, go ahead and do it. But uh, we're not going to give you cash for it. It's a great idea. It's a great idea to do what they do. Uh, either, and they then have an emerging players camp. Yep. That's where the young Thurstons and Fire Days come through. Um, and, uh, you know, the top 34 players, I reckon it was. Uh, anyone who's played, I think you said last week, anyone who's played in the last couple of years and yeah. uh, and a few others, uh, just connect with the coaching staff, uh, start to think about values and mm. philosophies and uh, how we're going to go about this. And a beautiful piece of icing on the cake that the NRL didn't fund it. How good. <laughs> if I was the NRL, here, here, here you go. Have whatever you like. Yeah, just... don't, I don't want to ruffle any Queensland feathers. I'm just going <laughs> to go. But that that's what the NRL is perceived to be. It's its perceived to be New South Wales, isn't yeah. it? It's not really. It shouldn't be. So Just yeah. fire us up a little more. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just put one little dagger in. Hey, big show today. We've got Michael Kasparos joining us to re- review all the action of the cricket, but I'd love to get his take also in India because he was he excelled over there, didn't he? It's going to be – it's it's intriguing. No one has ever chased down 399 to win a test in India and uh, England need another 332. <laughs> so it's – they're only one down. You what's never know, baseball. What's the highest score in the game so far? Um, About 390. 390. England England made 396 and 255. Uh, sorry, India made 396 and 255 with Jaiswal getting 209 over seven hours. England have gone 253 and one for 67. Uh, so Shubman Gul in the second inning scored 104. So runs have been a little hard to come by, but, uh, you know, there's reason to believe. Uh, did you see much of Boomer's spell? Oh, I didn't see awesome. much other than the highlights. Only the highlights. So how good was it? I love him. Six for 45 off 16 on wickets that are never overly responsive to the quicks over there. Well, they? he doesn't even bother using the wicket. Mm. He just does it through the air. Big in-swinging Yorkers and then mm. to a right-hander, then away swinging to a left-hander, then in-swinging LBW to Ben Stokes. You see Stokes drop his bat? Oh, how have I got that ball? <laughs> and it's cannoned into his front pad, LBW. So 
Um, I th- I thought it was Ben Duckett at at first, but but it turned out it was Stokes they yeah. were talking about. Uh, they're all rating Boomer the best bowler in all conditions. Anyway, the great use. the great Casper is going to join us and talk about all matters cricket. There's Shield matches going on. The Queensland match is poised as well. You might even go out there today. We're going to hey, we've got Ali Day. We've tracked him down. Yes, fifth neutral grain Ironman series win yesterday. We love Ali. He's just a freak. Is he seventeenth? His 17th major Ironman victory when you're throwing cool and gutter goals, national titles, etc. equals Shannon Eckstein, uh, who was there yesterday watching. But uh, <laughs> he said Shannon Eckstein. He said he's on another plane. So he's he's as usual. Yeah, I wonder why he's so that, modest. Do, do we? No, we don't think that, do we? He's no. he's level, like genuine. He's genuine up in the the oh, you know the Eckstein is. region. Yeah, yeah. Corey Parker's going to join us. He's signed on for SEM. Yeah, that's Big good news. Eh? He'll yeah. be joining us right we'll through the pick his brains this year. Yeah. Uh, a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. Benny Davis will have him more than us, and then we'll have him Friday mornings, I yep. believe. Exactly right. Hey, just back to the cricket. Been a couple of incidents, Heels. Interesting to see what your take on this, the whole spirit of cricket thing. Again. Now, one was yesterday with uh, in the Sheffield Shield match, New South Wales VWA. Chris Green defends one. Bowler picks it up, throws. Heading for his pads, he bats it away with his bat. And there was appeal eventually not out. Look, let's have a listen to the incident. <laughs> Played that twice, Green. Yeah. There's a couple of little queries here from the you West Australians about hitting the ball twice. Please don't, the field. don't appeal with that. Now, this will be interesting. Don't stoop to this. <laughs> Oh, unless he goes up and sticks his finger yeah. up there. Whiteman's having a chat. He's still got the arms outstretched. You can see here Green is half a step outside the crease. Probably, strictly speaking, he is obstructing yeah. the field if he's yeah. using his bat to defend his stumps when he's standing out of his crease. Now, it's, it's interesting the umpires have decided to not give him out. So, Wayne Clark is the other commentator, not yeah. that last one. He says, oh, unless he's going up there to put his finger up there. Where's he putting his finger? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not out. Uh, move on. Henriques was the other at the other end. So I just didn't see it. I was turning away. But he said, look, Darren, quite entitled to appeal. The oh, ball was... No, you're not. That's, uh, no, it's not, not appealable. Don't okay. do it. Just muck around appeal maybe. What was he defending? They're saying he's defending his stumps. But the ball was not going to hit the stumps, apparently. It was, it was heading into his pads. Yeah, so, he's so defending himself. Reflex action to defend himself. No, yeah. no, he's not defending his stumps, number one. And otherwise, he'd just put his foot back in the, into his crease. And it wasn't even going with the stumps, you're telling me. The other one, a little more serious. Well, they're, in the, they're both uh, the, the under-19 World Cup, England v Zimbabwe. So England rolling along, hands a shake, um, has defended one. The ball's virtually dropped at his feet, and from what I can see, it's virtually stopped dead still. He, the wicketkeeper, is it Ryan Kamwemba? Oh, don't say his name. Has <laughs> tainted forever, this bloke. Has sort of moved around from behind the stumps to grab the ball, and Hamza has said, no, held his hand and said, no, I'll grab it. He's picked it up and tossed it, and there's an appeal. Mm-hmm. And it, mm. it goes to the third umpire. He's given out. Yeah, so, they're all ridiculous. But all, all the umpires, you just leave. Leave the game because common sense overrules. Yeah. Why, why would you give that out? Well, laws of the game, which, which they can... Obstructing the field. The field had nothing to do. Mm. The ball was stopped and sitting on the ground. Yeah. 
So that's say, not obstructing I, the field, it's helping the uh, field. I've watched it a couple of times. It happened very quickly, as if you know the ball just stops and he said, I'll get it, and grabs it straight away. There was no, you know, like a couple of seconds, oh, hang on a minute, fellas. No, don't worry, I'll grab it. It happened very quickly. You but do, yeah, sort I of. Agree, I agree with you. I'm with the, you. The letter of that law says you need the approval of the fielding team to pick the ball up. Yeah. So, again, like Johnny Bairstow didn't, didn't check with the fielding team if he could leave his crease, and uh, this bloke probably went of his own volition down, picked the ball up, give it to the keeper, who had both hands outstretched mm. above his head appealing. And then the umpire should have said, mate, no, well, I'm not giving that out. Yeah. Get back in your box. Well, that one is out, and I would imagine there'll be more outrage coming from oh, the likes of Piers I want Ryan to remember <laughs> to walk through the Lords of ha- of Lords, the Halls of Lords. <laughs> well, See how he goes. No, he <laughs> won't be getting that far, I'm sure. If you've got that attitude as an 18-year-old, you're not going to make it. Aussies overcame an early stutter yesterday in the second ODI where they're charging up to 130 bucks for a seat at the SCG. Yeah, the prices, right. eh? Yeah. And, but they're from, from $5. Well, yeah, but it turned out that was for kids. <laughs> yeah, to, to say, oh, you know, you get your tickets for ten dollars or something like that. Yeah, but it from, turned out for kids from five to fifteen dollars. Yeah. That's for a one-year-old. Mm. And yeah, no, that that is poor. That's too much. Um, hundred and thirty dollars for a a seat at, that you could get at a big bash game for thirty-five. Yeah. So that that's uh, too much. So we were six hundred and forty-two of twenty. We're seven hundred and sixty-seven or thirty-five. Enter Sean Abbott, sixty-nine or sixty-three. Four and four sixes, so he saved us. Uh, WA, sorry, the West Indies all out for 175. Yeah, 250 was too many. I was really looking forward to them having to defend 220. I thought the wicket was poor, uh, the Sydney cricket wicket. There was yeah. one that went along the ground to Cameron Green at mm. the top of the order. It, that just like the someone took the air out of the ball and went about half stump high through to the keeper. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what's happening with Sydney wicket and other wickets around the country. We're not getting what you'd normally expect at several of our venues. and It almost feels like our ground staff are not putting in enough effort. Stephen O'Keefe going beautifully in commentary. Raced yeah. along to 69, did Abbott to 69 or 63. Oh, he's great, mate, Sean. Get and him up here, get him up here. Yeah, so the, the teammates, uh, Sock in, in commentary, said, hello, we could be looking at three figures here. Might have underclubbed here. 251. Yeah. 275 on target here, and maybe a little Sean Abbott 100. Oh. Big call. Big call. <laughs> he's 69 at the moment. Third ball. Oh, he's chopped it straight onto his stumps. <laughs> Abbott goes. So Abbott's going really well with ball, and he's a great athlete. He's incredible in the field. But, geez, I think his strongest quality is he can grow a mo. <laughs> we can grow him He up, took yeah. it off for the Cricket Awards night. That's on Monday night. It's back. Yeah, it's back. <laughs> well, he got 69 or 63 and three for 40. So uh, uh, he changed the match around. He, d- he yeah. didn't have much impact with the ball in the first game at uh, the MCG where Xavier Bartlett did. I yeah. think it's the best debut ever. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. 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 You, name me a, you name me a debut for Australia in any form of cricket that's better than that. Mm. And every time he went into the attack, he did the job again. Quite often you have your four overs up front and he had three for nothing. And then you go back in and you end up with three for 40 after yeah. your 10. He ends up four for 17. Those of us of nine overs. Those of us on the breakfast with Patton Heels with memories, mm-hmm. a la Jack, who's about 40 years younger than you and I, said Michael Clark, 151 on debut. 
so he said he just tossed that up as sort of boo. But uh, well, I think four for seventeen is better than one hundred fifty-one. Right. Four for seventeen in a one-dayer. Let's have a look at how many four for's there's been in one day internationals, and how many hundreds on debut there's been in cricket. In, right. in in Test cricket, oh, the but, but Clarkie was incredible. He made hundred on his debut in India, hundred on his debut in Australia, uh, and maybe hundred somewhere else where he first played there. No, nope, the X Man said he was nervous. Um, oh, I definitely felt nice out of hand, but I didn't <laughs> think it was going to end up that hitting the top off off stump. Um, yeah, I mean it was a pretty amazing feeling, and I guess my emotions got the better of me with a bit of carry on on my celebration. Um, yeah, definitely nervous. Um, it sort of made it a bit easier um, getting a wicket in, in your first over to sort of relax the nerves. But, um, yeah, it was just try to chill out throughout the morning. And, um, yeah, it's not always easy to try and calm those nerves. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you've got great players around you, um, it kind of does ease those nerves a little bit. Hey, the other one, um, Hills and Will. And Did this... you move on from him a bit quick, maybe? Yeah, I have. That's yeah. a great extra X-Men. I know, I know, I know. Four for 17 was... What about he got carried away with his celebration? It's the same one he did for the Brisbane Heat every time. <laughs> he comes running up with one arm, come on! Yeah! <laughs> his high fives might have been a bit hard or something. Uh, hey, Vanessa in the studio. Just very quickly, though, I wanted to play this because I think it'll get uh, a little bit of reaction out there this morning. Peter Volandis has given a long-ranging interview with Buzz Rothfield. And they've touched on so many subjects, but one of them was bring back the bears. I mean, everywhere you... I go, that's the question I get. When are you bringing back the bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. Uh, there, there, no, there's we no... lost them to the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is, when are you bringing back the bears? So, look, they've got to be in the equation there somewhere. They can't be a standalone team in Sydney because there's too many already. Yep. But they certainly can be part of a, a future team, um, you know, be it the Pacific, be it Perth, be it wherever. Uh, there, there's an opportunity there for them. It makes sense that, that they'd be brought back in some fashion because they've got 200,000 members. They're certainly in the equation. Yeah, ask Billy Moore. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're still strong. Billy Moore, we'd love to. Get, we, we, we'll get. We'll find Billy Moore. I reckon this week. He's one of the most passionate advocates. And Greg Florimo, he's, a, he's actually worked in the roles. Yeah. Uh, we've been down to Burley for a while. We've got a fantastic. <laughs> so camp you want bar. the bears back? You want the Burley bears in the uh, NRL? Why wouldn't they be? We're there. <laughs> We're there, waiting to go. Close as you'd like to see us. Yeah, with Hoppies as a sponsor. Well, yeah, we might sponsor. have to bail out of that. Uh, marriage made in heaven. <laughs> Over on the hill, we've got a great club. We've got twelve members. Yeah. No, we'd have, Burley bears. would have a few members, wouldn't they? Open line is wouldn't open. We? Yeah, you've got plenty. 13, 13, 55. That text line is 0467 736 736 Vanessa's in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. How are we? Happy Monday. Same to you. Um, now, I, I think headlining the news today, all of Brisbane's really been shocked yeah. and rocked by this Awful. horrific incident at Red Bank Plains on the weekend. A 70-year-old grandmother stabbed and had her car stolen in front of her six-year-old granddaughter just at a shopping centre car park. It's really rocked the city. There was a vigil held for Violene White last night. There's already a petition that's been launched by locals just calling for more regular police patrols because a lot of locals are saying they don't feel safe in the area anymore. And obviously the, the 
the rise in crime is a real concern for locals in that area. Um, so police have now late yesterday released CCTV footage of four persons of interest who they want to speak with about the incident and uh, urging anybody who saw a blue 2009 Hyundai Getz in the Red Bank Plains or Springfield Lakes areas on Saturday night between about six and seven to come forward. Mm. Uh, we just all hope that they get to the bottom of this and those responsible are apprehended. And behind bars as soon as possible. Mm. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah. The sternest of, of, of penalties. Yeah, just really feeling for that family. Now, if you're heading to the pub or the bottle shop this week, mm. you may notice federal taxes are being hiked yet again with prices to be going up from today on beers, spirits and premixes. Um, this is just part of the usual excise on alcohol by the federal government, um, but a lot of people are saying, gee, we're just copping it everywhere at the moment, aren't we? Uh, so. We found out, we heard a little bit about it in, in Bundy with the, the mm-hmm. bloke that makes calcium. I bet you did. Yes. You did. That's all you hung out at. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. they, like it's twice a year, isn't it? Yeah, and and, and the law's been regular. in for 40 years. Mm, oh. Absolutely. So it makes a difference. I mean, a pint will be going up by about 90 cents, a slab about $20. More what? expensive. No so, way. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. Oh, so this is look, depressing, Vanessa. People will feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have land banked. <laughs> um, but also at the same time, there's actually a group of public health organisations who are coming out today and they're calling for a 20% health levy on sugary drink manufacturers, so mm. soft drinks. They're saying um, that new research shows a levy like this could reduce Aussie's annual sugar intake by 2.6 kilos per person per year and would also raise billions of dollars for health initiatives. I want to know why everyone in the studio is suddenly looking at me. <laughs> well, who drinks soft drink? 2.6 kilos. Yeah. That's with Paddy's average. Uh-huh. Jack's yeah. just gone to the fridge to throw oh, my can he's of He's got out of It looks cold too. Yeah, it looks yeah. icy cold. Oh. Looks good, doesn't it? Anyway, and lastly today, uh, an, a bit of a milestone, Facebook turned 20 years old on the weekend. Mm. I know you two aren't too much for your personal social media, but it's certainly been um, a real icon, I think, of the last two decades. Uh, Two billion daily users on Facebook uh, uh, from humble beginnings back in Mark Zuckerberg's Harvard dormitory Mm. where he um, created it as a way for students to contact each other. And, wow, what a huge beast it has become. Yes, my gloves off on something a bit like this today. How mad I got when I was reading the paper on the weekend. Okay. Okay, well it's gone 6.22. Vanessa, thank you. We'll hear from you a little later on. You got no good news. Goodbye, Vanessa. uh, Okay, bye. Obviously all speed to our police out there doing a big job. 6.22. On Patton Heels for breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Just remember, though, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. G'day, Chris. Fairly, fairly tough weekend for some punters. What, did you get it all on, did you? Did you get it all on around Queensland? No weather disruptions? No, everything went to plan this weekend. It's amazing what happens when we don't have any rain. Yes. It's, uh, it's, well, I'd say it's easier to find a winner, but Paddy's just uh, debunked that theory. That's gone. <laughs> He's a bit down, um, isn't he? It was, yeah, he is. But, uh, look, Saturday was, a, was an interesting day, Saturday. We, we, we had some winners there, but there was a couple that I was 
I was keen on that uh, really didn't fire a shot at all, and they were well fancied in the market. So back to the drawing board with those horses. But uh, for highlights, uh, Chris Munts had a double, Brian Maloney had a double, Jimmy Orman had a double, and Talia Fenlon rode another Saturday Metro, Ooh, winner, which was terrific. She rode, yeah, and she bolted in on She's a Rogue. Uh, in race number two. So that's two wins in two weeks. She broke the duck on Saturday last week, and then she's backed it up with another one this week. So well done to her. Uh, highlights on track. Whiskey, I thought, winning the first race. Now, I know, Paddy, I don't know if you saw this race or not, but Whiskey was a uh, Team Snowden horse brought up from Sydney. Yeah, well, you were at and the track his trial enough. been okay. <laughs> now, we're yeah, out, there, we're out there by about 9 o'clock. <laughs> were, there TV, were there screens in your area that you could watch all meetings? Yeah, yeah, we could see everything. Okay. We, we, did, we didn't miss a race. By that stage. Did you see whiskey at 9? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He saw whiskey, but it wasn't the horse. <laughs> uh, whiskey won well, but uh, you look at the times in that race. It was a 1,200-metre race. They, they ran their first 637.48 and came home in 34.20. So the on paces had the advantage, and Whiskey was off pace. He was four lengths off the leaders. So yeah. I think his win had a lot more merit than uh, than on-face value. So Whiskey is certainly a horse to follow. And and Captain Fenkel won again in race five, and yes. he looks a really promising type. Yeah, straight to the front. Jimmy Orman rated him beautifully, and he pulled <laughs> who came, one by Who came second lengths. in that race, uh, Chris? Jealous. Yeah, because I think Paddy knew all about Captain Fenkel and wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paddy, come nah, on. Look, look, there's a shocking punting story. I hadn't backed the winner coming up to that, and then obviously I'd been declared it. So I had it in an all-up. And you know what happens. Three-horse all-up, yes. second one loses, last one wins. Mm. So, yeah. Of anyway. course. You did tan and quite There not. was another highlight What do they say in the classics? Be, uh... I would win a kick in a riot at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> there was another highlight there on the weekend, guys, and this will never, ever, ever be bettered. And that was the double this week. Uh, Sabalenka, of course, winning the Australian Open last Sunday yeah. and coming out and also winning the Gallopers Sports Club Benchmark 68 Handicap on uh, Saturday <laughs> at Eagle Farm. So well done to Sabalenka. That's one hell of a double, and that will never, ever be beaten. It's a big year. It's a big year. <laughs> hey, um, what's, uh, I, give us what's coming up for this week in Queensland, but I just wanted to quickly mention Leap to Fame. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you what's coming up. Eagle Farm on Wednesday is our first meeting this week. A couple of trial sessions tomorrow, sunny coast and Toowoomba. But Eagle Farm on Wednesday, Gatton on Thursday, Rocky on Friday. Saturday, Doombin's the main meeting. We're racing on the poly track at the Gold Coast this Saturday and next Saturday. And then we're back to the grass on the 24th of Feb. Uh, Toowoomba in the twilight zone, Townsville up north and back to the Sunshine Coast on Sunday afternoon. All right, and I see T. Gollins getting Antino ready for a southern campaign with maybe the Doncaster as the aim. But, yeah, look, just quickly, yes. Hunter Cup. It's, it, the Hunter Cup is a big, big race, a group one, and Leap to Fame won it on Saturday night for Queensland and Grant Dixon and Kevin and Kay Dixon. Yeah. Mm. Dollar forty favourite now heads off to the Miracle Mile. So uh, that's the next step from, for Leap to Fame, and who's to say he won't be winning that? Yep, a hey, superstar. Hey, Chris, what, you know, do Sunny Coast like Friday nights and Sundays? Why do they get two meetings most weekends? Well, it's it's only during the warmer months. I mean, during the winter, we don't have any Friday night racing at the Sunshine Coast. It's just um, it's just one of those things. They've got the lights, and I know that this yeah. season they've tried to pump up the Friday night meetings uh, with these hundred thousand dollar races. There's been, or there will be eight of those by the time the season's finished. Uh, and I think they're trying to make the Friday nights the bigger night, uh, bigger than the Sunday. But uh, I don't know. It's um, with with the horses around and all the racing we have. It sometimes takes away from the quality of the fields. Probably there's just not that many horses, uh, quality horses to go around. But 
it's something they're working on, and it's uh, by the time the Gold Coast get their lights, which isn't far away, I'd say we'll probably have a meeting every Friday night, either Gold Coast or Sunshine okay. Coast. Okay, one or the other. I just think that how busy they must be. Yeah. Oh, they've run more meetings at that track than I think anywhere else in the country. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy at the moment. Anyway, hey mate, great to chat, and we'll talk uh, right the way through the week. It's obviously another busy week in Queensland racing. Thanks, Chris. It's always busy, Paddy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Chris Nelson joining us there. 640. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. What's, what are NASCARs? Yeah, they're, they're based out of Charlotte. What thing. do they run? I mean, what does Indianapolis, what sort of cars do Indy? Well, the open wheelers and the NASCARs. Yeah. What's, what's the difference between an open wheel? An open wheel is like wheeler? an F1 car. Oh, right. Yeah. Do they go around and, and, and this is not really interesting, Ali Day, whatsoever. He's, yeah, he's exhausted after the I've weekend. I've had a win there. Uh, yeah, we've given it to you. Ali, a very good morning to you and congratulations, mate. Thanks for having us on, boys. Always, um, always, I mean, it's good when I'm talking to you because it means I've uh, woken up a winner. <laughs> ah, well, I don't like that. I don't like that, Ali. We're going to... We're going to see you on the way down too. We're going to we're going to talk to you even on those Mondays. So don't oh, no, don't no, think no, we're just jumping on your wagon. That, eh? Yeah, <laughs> mate. No, you guys have been you guys have been on the wagon forever. So, yeah. um, no, it's, been, it's always always good to talk to you too. How have you done it, mate? It it seemed to be a t- a tight one that one right down to race six was it, or did you know a little more than we did in race five? No, it was. Um, Look, history shows if you you win Shannon Eckstein, um, he told me years ago there was a statistic that if you win the first round, normally or generally, like the generally the winner goes on to win the whole series. But I started the season really well, and in the middle rounds at three and four down at Maroubra, I sort of fell away. Had I, I, I had a second, which is not a bad result, and then on the but round four, I had a seventh, which is un- unusual for me. So it tightened the series right up. Um, so I was going into Saturday's race at Cairo. I was one point in front. Mm. I put myself in the box seat on Sunday by um, winning Saturday's race. And then yesterday, it did come down to the wire. It was still, um, you're in an eliminator format. You're in surf at Cairo. It was bigger than the day before. Anything can sort of happen with, with our sport, obviously being in Mother Nature and I um, yeah made the best of that race yesterday. I got to the last, the final race, and I think mathematically, uh, Joe Collins, who was sitting sitting in second, he had to win, and I had to come sixth. But obviously, I ended up winning the race, and um, didn't really sort of have to worry too much about the points overall. But it, look, there's a fair bit of pressure going into those weekends. As I said, anything can sort of happen, and I'm grateful to be on the other side of it. Where where do you put yourself in the pantheon of this sport? I mean, you and Shannon equal now on 17 major Ironman titles each. You've got five Nutri-Grains, three Oz, nine Kiln and Gatta Gold. Shannon, nine Nutri-Grain, eight Oz titles. I mean, do you compare yourself or is he still your your idol? Yeah, it, it, it just feels nice to be mentioned, to be honest, in that same in that same sentence, I someone a couple of people told me that yesterday. Actually, Matt Bevlack told me um, he didn't want to put the kiss of death on me. But before we <laughs> ran out, he goes, "Mate, you know if you win today, you're equal, Shannon." But obviously, we've both done it. I've, I've done it a different way to Shannon. He obviously didn't win a call and get a gold, and I've won nine. I like to think that um, I'm still miles away from him. He was the best I ever raced. Um, he taught me so much. Um, 
not not so much sitting down with me and telling me what to do. I just learned so much being in the same yeah. races as him. Um, and, and I sort of modelled a lot of the way he went about his training and, and leaving those stone on turn. So he is my idol. And, I, you know, as I said, I, I, I feel like I'm miles away from what he's done. I can't believe he's won. What did you say? Is it eight Australian Ironman titles and nine series titles? Yeah, nine it's, neutral grains, yeah. It's so hard to win. Um, so, yeah, still in my eyes, I think he's um, he's, he's the greatest to ever do it. But, again, it's, it's really nice to be mentioned in the same sentence as someone like Shannon. Uh, well said, mate. Well said. Um, how's the body? You know, in the time we've been talking to you on this show, there were the wrists at the start and the calf, I believe. Is it still niggling yeah. away? Uh, it's not too bad. Um, thanks, Heels. It's I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of Pilates and a lot of like prehab rehab stuff. Just that um, I feel like it takes a lot longer now for me to get ready for mm. training to train and then to recover. So I've been really, um, I guess, professional in that way the last probably couple of years. Um, I've got some really good people around me, professionals in that way that have been able to sort of come on board and and sort of not prolong my career, but preempt things from happening so um touch wood the calves and the achilles and and uh the legs are, are really good i mean it, it is the phenomenal performance you won your first in 23 you're now 33 years of age and from out from the outside mate, there, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that you're slowing <laughs> yeah i think uh it's nice to know that was probably one of my goals going into it this year was I wanted to prove to myself at 33, almost 34, that I could still um, still be up the pointy end, still uh, win Ironman races and still do them as well or just as well as what I used to do them 10 years ago. And I feel like um, I'm obviously smarter, a lot more experienced. There's probably a few areas that are slowing down in terms of, like I said before, that recovery in between sort of events and also week to week. I probably can't do as much as what I used to be able to do, but... Look, the motivation is obviously still, you know, well and truly there to want to win races and want to prove to myself that I could still do it. And um, I haven't completely made a decision on on the next couple of years, but I'd like to think I'll definitely be doing it next year. And, and there's a question mark, obviously, over the year after that. But, um, yeah, at the moment, I'll, I'll uh, you know, just try and enjoy soak it up. It's a pretty awesome feeling this morning waking up like that. And, you know, I've got, got our second child on the way in a, in a couple of months time so um it's yeah just a you know this time last year not to harp on it but obviously didn't get the race the last um last rounds five and six and i was at one point off the lead so it's crazy what sport and um life throws at you and as i said i'm just grateful that I've woken up a winner this morning. Mm, I'm putting you down for a good year next year too. <laughs> Two kids in the house. You'll be out of there every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. I won't want to come home. <laughs> hey, um, uh, what, any any of your disciplines, any of the skills th- that were under most pressure during this series this year? Oh, yeah, good question, Heels. I think, um, I think the, the level of obviously fitness and and strength is always there but i think the skill set of being in mother nature um we've got some young up and comers that are very good and changing the way that for example uh when we do what's called a le mans start when we run down grab our ski and run it out a lot of guys that i've never seen it before this year they've sort of brought in they're running down and putting it under their arm instead of dragging it so things like that you get tested in areas where 
young kids are they're enthusiastic, they're eager, and they're changing the sport just like hopefully I did and Shannon did when I was racing him. So I think there's a level there. Just for example, as I said, like the guys are coming in and doing things differently. So you've got to you definitely got to keep your wits about you. Yeah. Um, but I think just those skills in and out of break of mother nature. We had big waves at or pretty big waves, sorry, at Maroubra. And obviously racing at Kara, um, as, as a beautiful beach it is, as it is, it can be a pretty dangerous beach as well. And it's, it's a tricky beach to race at. So I'm lucky that I spend, a, obviously, my job's being in the ocean. Uh, but again, you're in Mother Nature and anything can happen. Hey, we've got to mention Lana Rogers and, and uh, Georgia Miller. They, they sort of dominated the women. But Lana was very emotional yesterday, mate. She's had a, a real roller coaster ride, but she's, she's grabbed three of these titles now, too. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, she's. Um, it was actually pretty funny on on uh, on Saturday afternoon. She was sitting there next to me, waiting to go on the podium, and I think she was maybe twenty twenty six points clear, and maybe I was fifteen points clear. And she was still worried about the next day. And I sort of said, "Oh, you, you're, you're home and hosed." I should have probably said that to her because anything can happen. But look, she's um, she's the ultimate professional. She moved down from uh, from the Sunshine Coast at the end of last season and uh, joined Northcliffe. Um, and then she's been jumping in. Well, she swims with my swim squad at Bond University under Kyle Samuelson. And she's just, um, she beats 95% of the boys um, in our squad. So she's an ultra professional. She deserves what she gets. And to have three now, like you've got to put her up there with, um, with the greats like Courtney Hancock and Georgia Miller. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. Georgia missed her ski, didn't she? Was was that? Uh, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. she's ran yeah. down and it was yes, chaos. Uh, yeah, missed it. Yeah, missed it. But she's again like she, um, I guess was a, a bit unlucky. Uh, obviously, won the, the last two rounds like I did, but in those middle rounds, just sort of had, um, you know, I think she was a bit sick over that Christmas break, lost a little bit of weight and things like that. So it just wasn't herself. So, um, look, you're not Georgia Miller without the results that she's had over the years mm. and. And no doubt she's still young and she'll bounce back. But uh, look, that just goes to show like you have one bad result in a series and it can cost you, you know. So that's why they're just so hard to win and they're so special um, to, to when you get them. Yeah. Hey, always so generous. Tell us for us mere mortals sitting in the studio here that you did have a little celebratory drink last night. Well, I actually um, didn't, Pat. We um, <laughs> the time the time you get the time you time you get off the beach with the media and stuff like that, which is which is which I love doing and, yeah. and seeing fans and having family and that around. The time you get back, we had like a presentation at Cara Surf Club, and um, with my wife being nearly thirty four weeks pregnant and a three year old that didn't sleep yesterday, we sort of went across the Woolworths. I bought him a new toy and I got an ice cream and some tin cans and came home went to bed. So I did. I, <laughs> Phil said to me, you, should, you know, you sure you don't want to stay out? Like, you should be able to celebrate this sort of stuff. But to me, you know, being with those guys, your family, you guys understand it. Like, they're the ones that are there with yeah. you day in, day out. And I'll get my chance in a few years' time to not not necessarily let my hair down, but just sit back and, and relax. We've actually got a race um, again this, this Friday afternoon down at, at North Bondi and, and then again the weekend after for the Summer Surf Shore and Partners. Um uh, North Bondi Classic, so you can't really take your finger off the pulse. But I'll make sure in the next couple of days I just just relax and you know let the body heal and get ready to go again. <laughs> and then the Aussies, mate, the Aussies at Maroochydore, that's coming up yeah, as well. Good luck with all end. that. It doesn't, it doesn't end, does it? So no, yeah. it's good. It's good deals. I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Hey, as usual, it's a joy to talk to you, mate. Congratulations. Phenomenal performance. 17th major Ironman title in a storied career. Ali Day, thank you. Thanks, Ali.
Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. I was quite astonished over the weekend reading the paper and partly mad, actually, on on Saturday um, about Queensland entry into kids' mobile phones. They're off and away for the day at school. Um, so we're the last state to try this for some reason, and it was a backflip that enabled it. I first questioned our educational leadership when trials weren't approved. So that was some time back. I sort of gave them a bit of a pull through. I assumed that our leaders just aren't parents and and mustn't know the distraction of devices on on lives. Um, So now uh, I know we are lacking at the highest levels for insight and ideas. The first two weeks have been described as a fascinating fortnight. Principals are noticing the campuses are buzzing Students are responding so well, playing table tennis, you know, cards, baseball and soccer, those courts and fields are full again. Um, positive changes have been reported everywhere. Well, this seems way too surprising for our leaders, you know, to be slow and last to try something that you should know more about and its positive influences is unacceptable and very telling. You won't receive such a grilling for trying initiatives to benefit kids in society, but I just don't see any others. I'd love to see a list of trials that might make school more relevant and students of all types more society ready. I guess the subject matter and some subjects have changed and and are very relevant to life, but I don't know of anything else because that's leadership. Ideas that you believe in, then you've got to get them over the line that don't surprise you with their results. They do, however, provide a whole heap of satisfaction and relevance for society. So next, get the ideas out. Let's lead. Hills, don't be talking about Neiman the golf. Neiman could three there. I'm about to introduce Corey Parker, our brand off. new member of the SEN team. Uh, Cos, a very good morning to you. <laughs> Morning, guys. How are you going? What an introduction that was. <laughs> yeah, has got no interest whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Me muttering in the background. <laughs> we've, just, we've just signed Corey Parker to the team and you're chatting about golf and what's happening in Mexico. And there's Smithy doing that up there now. Cameron Smith. <laughs> How are you, mate? And who's made the lunches this morning at home? Yeah, I've made the lunches. Going really well, mate. Thanks. Uh, yeah, what are we back to week three of school now? So, um, <laughs> which means the footy season's only a couple of weeks away. I think trials start next week, mate. So... Um, before you know it, we'll be well entrenched in the footy season and um, what a season it's going to be, 2024. Uh, well, got, you've got four kids, Corey, haven't you? Yeah, mate, I do. And how many of them are girls? Uh, two and two. So yeah. Were you uh, any good at 14-year-old, uh, very good. You were, so were much you? So, like, uh, <sighs> yeah, I used to surpass the wife because my girls are really particular about they didn't want any bumps. They wanted nice and tight. No bumps in their hair. So, yeah, I, I managed to get it quite well. Oh, well done, mate. <laughs> well done. Um, righto, now, rug, rugby league. So we'll be using you for all sorts of things uh, on a Friday with Paddy and Heels, predictions and uh, expectations of teams, that sort of stuff. Is that what you imagine? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have it, we'll run through it on Friday and what may um, unfold over the weekend. And then on a Monday uh, with Benny Davis, we'll uh, we'll dive in and dissect what sort of was the weekend that was. So uh, looking forward to it, mate. Had a great time there uh, throughout last year and uh, looking forward to what this year brings. So hopefully I can uh, add a little bit of uh, a little bit of 
spark into the team, yeah. I suppose. Colour and insight. Uh, hey, Volandis yeah. has done a big uh, interview with Buzz Rothfield, touching many things, yeah. you know, the Bears, trying to get them back involved yeah. in some way and all that sort of thing. But, mate, everyone, you know, the whole talk really during the off-season, apart from a bit of player movement, has been Vegas. What, what's your take yeah. on this Vegas experiment? Yeah, well, it's yeah. I think the teams they head over there in the next week. So, um, look, I think it's terrific for the game. I think, you know, particularly for um, you know where we want to sort of go with the game. And Valandi's been right at the forefront of that. He's been able to put together, you know, two teams over there, or four teams rather, two games over there over the weekend. But it's going to be a real Aussie themed week. Um, I think it's a great spot to, you know, to start the season twenty twenty four. And, and, you know, the, the teams will deliver. Um, ultimately, it's, it's a showpiece, but however, it is still round one. So there is points up for grabs in yeah. terms of two points. It probably won't make or break your season, but you'll really want to get off to a great start. So plenty to play for. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I'm heading over, Paddy, which is a real shame. No. Uh, but um, maybe SCN, maybe we could get a little a man <laughs> on the ground over there for SCN and I'll put my hand up. Oh, oh, it'll be, it'll be Matty Johns and Waitley will be there. <laughs> He's there for the NFL. He might as well stay a bit longer. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, um, but, uh, what, do, you, are the, do you know if the clubs that are going get compensated for taking such a risk? Yeah, yeah they will get compensation, mainly only in, in regards to, you know, where they're staying from a financial point of view. Mm. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it, it is, like I said, it's round one. Uh, it's a little bit earlier. So the um, essentially round one for everyone else that isn't in Vegas starts uh, on the Thursday and the Broncos yes. uh, games on the Saturday. So they are, uh, you know, three or four days earlier, which will then be compensation for when they come back for the jet lag. They'll play. Um, they'll have an extended break. It's about a 10 or 12-day break before they play round two, and all four teams will be in that boat. Um, but in terms of compensation, I think they'll just get a little bit of a financial kick in regards to um, you know where they stay. And the yeah, Broncos, are, they're housing themselves in LA, and yeah. uh, I think they're only in. I think they're only in Vegas for a couple of nights, and I think, uh, Al, I think Alfie Alfie's at the forefront of uh, the party liaison there. So we might not see Alfie again this season. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't go MIA. Hey, look, I know it's important, and and he Valandi's saying, look, let's take the big picture here. You're talking to an audience of 340 million. If we can tap yes. into one percent of that, and of course, with his gambling background, with racing New South Wales, he said we can tap into some of the the, the gambling that is involved over there. The, the the chances of making big money out of this in the long term, because they're committed for five years. Uh, could be enormous for the game. And, I mean, mate, you know, I, I'm a believer. I, I think they've got to give something like this a crack. Absolutely. I, I'm a firm believer of it. And, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk after the game and what it was, you know, how it was all received. But all information so far, it's been received quite well. Now, you've got the four teams. And for those who don't know, the reason why those four teams are picked and people will be thinking, well, why not this team and that team? Well, the Broncos... They're owned by the Murdochs and News Limited, so they go. They get a tick, big brand. Uh, you got the Roosters with Nick Politis and his, you know, what what sort of pull he has, and then you got Russell Crowe, who obviously is Russell Crowe in the American market, and then you got um, Hugh Jackman with the Manly Seagulls. So they've got that real contingent of international fame aligned with all those teams as well. So throw that into what should be pretty fair football game. You've got some big stars over there, you know, Travoyevich's, Mitchells, you know, Walsh and co. So um, they've got a real good mix of superstars over there, big clubs, big names, actors, 
etc. Um, I, I can't see why it's not going to be a hit. Now, the, the US market, they love their, you know, their, their, um, you know, their contact sports, but I don't think they've seen anything like NRL, particularly live, um, for a long period of time. So hopefully all four teams can put on a great show. Yeah, then my surprise uh, that I've spoken about is we didn't take two female teams as well. That, that would have been huge well, in yeah, their minds. That's, that, I'm sure the female uh, ladies would have something to say about that too, but spot on. I mean, that game has taken, uh, has come along in leaps and bounds. I coached the Broncos in uh, 1920, and to see where the skill set is now to where the game is, is uh, you're spot on. There could have been a market for them to take another four teams over, but then you start to really dip into the financial thing. So we'll wait and see how it goes. I've got no doubt that if it is a big success, it won't be too long before we see the female yeah. game over there. Good call. It's serious leadership, isn't it? He's come up with this big idea and got it over the line, sold it. Yeah, he's a big picture, man. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Hey, Cos, just very quickly, I know you've got the school run. Farnworth, Palisier, Fleglet, Cape Ball, all gone from Red Hill. Huge. Yeah, huge, mate. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, it's a question I've been asked quite a bit over the summer. You know, how do you think the Broncos will go this year? Um, well, and the answer is ultimately, like you just touched on there, there's four or five players missing out of that grand final side. So straight away, there needs to be four or five people step up and put their hand up. Um, but the big one for the Broncos this year is if they're prepared to pay the same price that we saw them pay week in and week out last year, that being those little effort areas, that being, um, you, you know, dialing in on a few of those areas that the year before they weren't so good at, uh, there's no reason why they can't be in that top mould. Absolutely. No. Uh, but we saw the likes of um, uh, the, the Cowboys. They went one game from the grand final uh, the year before last and then weren't prepared to do that and pay that price last year and they didn't even make the eight. So it's in a, uh, you know, a tough competition. I'm sure Kevy and the boys have been training really hard over the summer to ensure that they are where they belong, um, but there's another 17 teams, or 16 teams yeah. rather, that uh, will be trying to do the same thing, which is why it's so mind-boggling that you see the Panthers have been in four grand finals in a row and, yeah. and won three, and their team's been decimated every year. Yeah, that's exactly uh, big right. Challenge for, big challenge for Brisbane this year is to who steps up. Yeah, love it. All right, mate. Hey, great to have you on board. Uh, get that school run done. Get them, to, get them to school and get them underway for the day, <laughs> and uh, we'll chat as the year unfolds. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. Sounds good. See you, boys. See you, mate. Let's talk a little bit of cricket. Casper is on the line. Michael Casper, it's one of our greats, SEN's cricket expert. Casper, where do we start here? But I'm thinking, as Heels suggested, you'd probably, as a fellow quick, like to start with Xavier Bartler's ODI. Oh. It was fantastic, wasn't it? It was so <laughs> good to see him come out um, and, and celebrate exactly the same way that he had been with the Heat, being the leading wicket taker in the BBL, got the Golden Arm Award, but just seeing him smiling. And quite funny, I'm not sure if you've picked it up, in the interview afterwards, he was almost like apologetic about yeah. celebrating too hard. It's like, yeah. no, mate, you rip into it. Well, he had that this morning. He apologised <laughs> for his normal <laughs> celebration. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. Come Unreal. on, next. Let's do it another five times next game. Do you think Do you think we'll see him in game three? Because I do. I, they were talking about workload managing. They don't want to rush him into this replacement role that he's got because of previous stresses, but he'll play game three, won't he? He only bowled nine overs, didn't he? Yeah, he should have got ten. But in the first game, why he didn't bowl ten is the other big question. But the, the whole 
sports, if sports science is selecting teams um, and we've got a computer spitting out some data saying that, I'm just here's the opportunity for a young guy getting his chance to play of Australia and, you know, come and play the second one, not to find out whether it's a fluke or not, just to, while you're pumped, while, you know, adrenaline's kicking and it's just you're on fire, um, don't sit down and have a watch and go and field as a replacement fielder and the rest of it. Ah, get out there and keep him going. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Now, as a former great, Heels and you, uh, I'm interested in your take here because the, the more general public I talk to, they were loving what the West Indies and in particular Shamar Joseph did at the Gabba. But Heels said, no, I'm a test player. I go out to win every test I I participated in. So where do you sit on on you know, a, rev, a mini revival for WI cricket when they beat us at the Gabba? As a cricket fan, yeah, it was great. You love to see contests. You want to be see, you know, everyone taken to the limit. And the finish like that was, was great. Like I said, as a cricket fan. However, as an Australian, former Australian player mm. or, you know, a cricketer, no, you want to smash every team you play. You want to do it and do it easily and even better, um, what, this, what situation can happen at the Gabba where you get an extra day off. Um, now, which yeah. team does that at the Gabba is another thing. Mm, and I, I was happy for the West Indies. Yeah. But I wasn't happy for the contest. Um, I, I just I, And I just do not know where Shamar is. Where's he gone? He's gone home. Surely he'd, he would have had a week leading into the one-dayers, then the one-dayers to get that toe right and or yeah. bone in his foot right, and then he could play the T20s for sure. But anyway, that, yeah. that's what I was concerned about. Casper, uh, the test quartet, the test quartet got five tests out. It's quite, quite rare these days. They're an impressive bunch, aren't they? Oh, so good. It's look. All four, all four of them, with Nathan Lyon and the three quicks, have got over 250 test wickets now. That is extraordinary in itself. Um, I think there was a – did I just see a stat or read something about them playing with more than 27 test matches together? Yeah. Like, you'd have to if you'd get that many bowls. <laughs> um, but that's, that's – we're in a – it's going to be one of those moments, you know, in time, years down the track is when you go, how good was this team? Yes. You know, we've got – yeah, I think, I think now you're sort of – Kind of appreciate it. Um, it's good. It's all great. But down in the future, in years to come, it'll be, oh, that's right. That, that was pretty extraordinary. Mm. Hey, Jack just whispering off-air off to me that uh, Shamar Joseph, when he got home to Guyana, the president of Guyana was there waiting for him at the airport. How cool. Did he have a moon boot on? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, we, we know how potent you were in India. So India, 396 and 255. Joswell with a double century first gig. Shubman Gill, a century in the second dig. England, 253, one for 67. They needed a total of 399 to win. It's never been done in a test over there. They now need 332 with nine wickets in hand. What do you think? No, no chance. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, look, in India, India in India is always hard. And look, just oh, someone's got to do something extraordinary. From the England team, and we mm. saw that I think was at Ollie Pope, Pope one ninety, yeah. yeah. And so I guess, and actually, in implementing the sweep shot correctly, um, was there tactic? Was there the, the technique in getting those those runs? But like to do that again, I think, yeah. Like, like I said, they're going to be extraordinary um, to to get there, and good luck to them if they can. If they can, yeah, they'll, they'll be probably the most likely team in world cricket to. 
uh, get as close as they probably will today. But uh, any, anyway, um, Australia, mate. Australia, we have to go to New Zealand very soon um, in about two weeks, two and a half weeks' time. Uh, they were tired, eh? Like, can can we re-energise? Well, hopefully that's why resting all these, um, <laughs> the first, when I say first team, um, players is going to do that. Um, that's, of course, before they go away to the, uh, to the IPL. Um, <laughs> but that's where, that's where you sort of, you, that's the whole thing about context. I was reading and seeing about, um, you know, the crowds. You look at that and back in the day, here's your day, when there was three teams that came to Australia, it was a tri-series plus finals. It was, you know, the build-up and, it was great. I remember my time on the board of Cricket Australia. We tried to even simplify and saying, right, okay, we'll have six one days, right? Six 50 over games, one per state. So it's not like an overload. It's just once per year, you get a 50 over game at the Gabba. Bang, come along to this, and it's just Australia v someone. Mm. Mate, now, what have we got? Three? And no one's turning up. So give it some context. And that's where you look at that, even the New Zealand series. I realise it keeps going and is, you know, the team has to play and there's, you know, requirements with your future tour programs and all that, but, um, yep, it's just, well, I guess, well, I guess we're at the end of the summer now and everyone's just a bit uh, a bit done, ready for a, for a different shape uh, ball now, aren't we? No, I reckon we're right. I think cricket can lead us into what, wanting to watch more cricket, you know. Uh, get, a, get a test back here after the two in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, the cricket season used to go to the end of March. Okay. Well, we've still got a bit of Sheffield Shield to get through. Well, we it? have. We've got three games each. Yeah. It's nicely poised out at the Gabba now, unfortunately, because we're eight for 114 in our second dig. We had a, a decent first innings lead, but uh, they've ripped into us in the second dig. And Australia, Queensland's lead's now only 177 after day two. So it's been a frantic couple of days out there. Jack Clayton's still not out on 66. He went crazy yesterday afternoon. Nine fours and a couple of sixes. If he can put on another 50 and get him yeah. chasing 230 or so. I, I think um, Garinda's with him. Is he not out? Do you, do you, I don't can know. check on Garinda that, can hang around. Uh, you're out there day one, Casper, uh, and uh, and presenting a cap to our newbie. Angus Lovell, yeah. I um, presented the cap and I actually dropped your name Whoop. in the presentation heels too because without trying to be too clever and anything, I just said, look, mate, enjoy it, love it. It's a you know, wonderful moment for you, obviously, your family. Um, and it just reminds me, 34 years ago <laughs> when I made my debut, um, I actually said, um, I went. To, I was feeling really nervous. And I went to Ian Healy because Ian Healy happened to be my coach for the Brisbane South under-15 team. Um, and Heels, when I saw Heels, oh, look, I feel really nervous about this. You know, you know, do I deserve I don't know if I deserve it. And your words to me were, Casper, all this is simplified. It's the best club players from Western Australia versus the best club players from Queensland. Go for it. Just have fun. Good stuff. So I did the same thing, obviously, with Tasmania <laughs> replaced in there. But, um, yeah, and maybe the similarities to it, um, I, um, unfortunately for, for Angus, um, he got LBW um, for a duck. He got, you know, on, on debut, and it's obviously the fairy tale is you're walking off, raising your bat and getting 100. Um I suffered the same fate, but my LBW was the very first ball. So I got a duck <laughs> as well in my own date <laughs> Yeah, well, he got eight the second dig, but there's there's more to come. I hopefully. know why um, you didn't bowl too much after that. Your leg was broken. Those pads you used to have. <laughs> <laughs> that was years later. <laughs> um, and Heels, in answer to your question, Garinda's out. He was bowled by Bell. Oh. 
So uh, he is in. Who Jack is Clayton, He is in with uh, Liam Guthrie. And Swepo after that? Um, I'm guessing yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, righto. Righto. Well, I, I, uh, we I are. think Queensland's good here. Do I do and, Yeah, I do. Um, watching, and I was looking at the, the numbers and all that. I didn't see it all. I wasn't watching it online. But I think um, what was the outcomes of, of the wicket was looked really good. Sort of like what they were saying sort of had... <laughs> Sort of less green on it, like the, the, less, the least green looking wicket at the Gabba for the last 10 years was mm. what Joe Burns reckons. Yeah. However, it means you had to bowl well. And that's um, that's what obviously Tasmania did. And I really liked the Billy Stanlake, steaming in, but he looked really good. Yes. Or Queenslander, of course. Yeah. Um, his balance was really good. His timing and good areas, a uh, bit of shape. Um, his mate down the other end cleaned them all up, I think. Mm. Um, uh, in Bell, he's been getting the pole. He's got but ten. What for the match? Yeah, well that's sensational, isn't it? And yeah. but it's not because of Green Steamer or the week. Really, didn't look like he was going to play up. Just good bowling. However, this is what I love about it. We maybe from the heat, successful season, and you know with the team and the buzz and they all had. I just remember years ago was that you know whatever total, whatever total we had to bowl a side out for at the Gabba. It didn't matter. You looked around the dressing room and you had all the other players and the confidence, the belief that, man, it's enough. Don't matter. What, what we need, what have we got to buy now for? That's, that's enough. So okay. at the moment, what is it? One, 177. 177. Two wickets, yeah. Clayton's still there. Get him in there. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know whether we. No, I, th- I think we might just bat. I think we. we yeah. I reckon we might bat a little longer this morning, if possible. Bat time. Hey. We'll bat time. <laughs> All right, mate. Great to chat. <laughs> Thanks, Krabby. Thanks, guys.